0: Biblical pattern of prayer. That's number three. Roman numeral number three, that is. So A, first we should understand that our prayer, no matter how feeble it may seem to be, is assisted by the Holy Spirit of God. How many of you have ever just felt like my prayer is inadequate? You know, I, I mean, I have. Yeah, I don't know what to pray. I don't know how to pray. I feel like, Lord, I'm, this is just such a, it's such a big deal. It's such a big issue. And my words just seem like, is there, is it really, is, is this helping? Is it making a difference? Our prayers seem so feeble. But look at what Romans eight twenty six and 27 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. You ever feel like that? We, we don't know. We often pray, and, and and we've already looked at. Oftentimes we pray we, we we have not because we ask not. So oftentimes it's because we don't pray. But then we don't have because we don't we don't have because we don't ask. But other times we don't have because we ask amiss. When, we, when we're praying, we ask Him this, and we ask, we're asking for our own selfish indulgence. And so you know, there's some reasons why sometimes our prayers aren't answered. And, but there's times that we pray, and we, we don't even know what we should pray. So I am wanting to pray, but I don't know how I should pray. And, and I've shared with y'all this. you know, With, with anyone who's sick, and if, uh, until I know what God's plan is, I'm going to pray for their healing. I prayed for Rob. I prayed for Florence. I begged God if it, if it was his will. To, but, but here's what I'm always going to pray. I'm going to say, Lord, your will be done. I mean, this is our desire, but we don't know your plan. We don't know what you're doing. And when we know what God's plan is, then we're going to accept that. and We're going to acknowledge that. And we're going to praise God for it. Because that's his plan. He's then made it, made it real. But here's the promise we have here is that for, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. So there's times that I don't even know what I should pray or how I should pray. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now I'm going to tell you this verse right here. I think this is one of the verses where, where the Pentecostals and the tongues folks get off base. I think this is one of those, because I hear them talking about, I've heard them talk about in the past, I had friends that, and and it's this, you know, this this groaning, well, we don't know what to pray, so we groan. No, 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 that's not what the scripture says. Scripture doesn't say anything about you groaning. Scripture doesn't say anything about you moaning or groaning or uttering things that you, you can't, this has nothing to do with what you are saying or doing. It says, the spirit himself makes intercession. So it's the spirit that is interceding to God for us. It's, it's, it's the spirit that then is interceding for us. And it is the spirit that as he intercedes for us with groanings, it is the spirit who's doing it. And the spirit's not speaking through us to, 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 to speak in tongues and some unknown thing that, that can't be uttered. So, so this is not about us and what we groan. This is not about tongues and, and so we, we've got to understand that this is talking about the Spirit. I'm praying. I don't know what to pray. I've had times where I'm on my face in tears, but I don't know what to pray. I don't know how to pray. I can't even pray. Just I, there, There's no words. But we have this assurance that even when my prayer is feeble and I can't even get a prayer out, the Holy Spirit is interceding for me and talking for me. Verse 27, now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Because He, capital H, He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. I think this is, I don't know if I can prove this right here, but as I read this verse and I'm looking at this, here's what I think. I think sometimes even when I pray a prayer that's outside the will of God, the Holy Spirit is helping me because He's interceding for me and He's praying according to the will of God. So I'm taking things that are, are, are maybe outside the will of God, not the will of God. The Holy Spirit is interceding for the saints according to the will of God. Isn't that nice to know? You know, If you're going to go to your boss and, and ask him something, or if somebody's going to go for you and you don't know how to word it, you don't know what to say, you want somebody that's going to know the right things to say. And that's what the Holy Spirit's doing. The Holy Spirit is interceding for us. He's speaking for us and he's speaking according to the will of God. B, in Matthew 6, verse 5 through 7, we find two principles about how we should pray. Verse 5 says, and when you pray, it doesn't say if you pray, amen? So it it says, when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, okay? I don't want to be like the hypocrites, so what do the hypocrites do? For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. So where do they pray? They pray in the synagogues, standing in the synagogues and on the corner of the streets. They do that. Why? That they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. So we we find here, we see this, I mean, uh, and and we can understand this, this is is religious practice. This is those who want to stand there and, and, and they want everybody to see them and to hear them and go, boy, what a spiritual person. That's the desire of their heart. Not to talk to God, not to be speaking with God Almighty. It is to be seen and to be heard and to be perceived as a religious person. So th- don't understand this as saying we shouldn't pray out loud in here. There is a time for corporate prayer. This is talking about if your it's the desire of your heart. If your desire is is to to get attention and you just got it, well you've gotten all you're going to get. You've gotten your reward. I hear people, um, I, I've heard this all my life uh, where people would say they don't want any attention for anything because that would steal their reward. Have you ever heard, anybody ever heard that? Who, who's heard that? You've heard it? So the idea is like, well, I, I, if you did something and you're serving in the church and somebody gives you attention, you know, and they recognize you in the service or whatever, it's just acknowledgement, Claire. Claire, she serves over here. She doesn't want me to say a word. Now, this is not her her attitude, but she doesn't want any spotlight. Rob didn't want spotlight. They never wanted me to to mention anything about them. But when they come back, when she comes back, I want you all to shower her with gratitude. I want you to shower her with how much you love and appreciate her. I hope you drop her a card maybe and we can get you the address and just tell her how much you, we love you, we appreciate you, we miss you. You, did, you do so much here. And, and, they, and, and both, they did that not for attention because they didn't want any of that. But I'm going to tell you, the person who, who does it for attention, that's all they're going to get. They've already got their reward. Does that make sense? Right, so, so that's the idea here. These hypocrites—they stand there. They stand. It'd be like I'd be. It'd be like it'd be like Glenn going, Pastor, I want to pray. I, in fact, I want to pray every service. I want the. I want to be the one who opens the service in prayer, and I want to because I'm going to pray a big, long, loud prayer, and they're going to hear me because I am the prayer man, and they're going to hear me and see me, and they're going to know, man, that Glenn is so spiritual. He is so amazing because he prays all the time. And you know what? They're going to see Glenn, and they're probably not going to think that. They're probably going to think, man, what a jerk, man. He's always a guy praying, man, and he's so wordy. And it, that, That's probably what we would think. you know. But, but the, the idea is they want that attention. They want that. And what they have, they already have their reward. And he says, verse 6 continues, he says, but you, when you pray, again, when you pray, you, you don't be the hypocrite, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Okay, so there's a couple of things here. Number one, prayer should be in secret and not done for show. So again, it's not dealing with corporate prayer in the sense that when we pray in here, when we gather together, we're going to have corporate prayer. But, but when you pray, you go out of here, you know, don't go down in the corner over here and just be screaming out your prayers so everybody riding by. They're going to think you're crazy. They're not going to think you're spiritual. They're going to think you've lost your mind. They're going to call the sheriff's department. They're going to baker at you. And that's probably what's going to happen. So, so, um, but you're going to have your reward right there, all right? So do you Pray in secret. But that, that's, it's between you and God. You have that private time. It's not for show. Number two is our prayer should be structured and intelligent. So it's not, a, it's not these vain repetitions. The heathens would use vain repetition. Um, I think it would also speak to um, I, I, the, the, the prayers of rosary and stuff, where it's a fixed prayer, where you're just you're, you're repeating the same thing, and you're praying through that, that same thing. The Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer, and we're going to get to that. The Lord's Prayer is a model prayer. That's not a prayer we should memorize, and that's our prayer. Well, I'm going to pray the Lord's Prayer because that's the greatest prayer, and God's going to bless that prayer. No, you know, the football teams do that. They're a bunch of heathens speaking the Lord's Prayer, they don't have a clue in the world what they're saying, but it's just some practice, and I don't, I, don't, I don't know if there's benefit in that. Maybe there is. Maybe a kid will go, I don't know what that is, but maybe one day I'll find out. And then they get in church, and one day Brent's over there on the side and says, hey, man, when we do the Lord's Prayer, you know what that means? You know what that's about? Who do you think we're talking to when we do that? Oh, I don't know. You know. So it could be a great witnessing opportunity for Brent. But your prayer should be structured. You go before the Lord and you, and you, and you, you, know, you, you, you go with a purpose. And you go and it's not just rambling on and speaking the same thing over and over again. Well, you, you've already said 20 times, you know, heal my grandma. God knows our heart, and we may pray. Listen, I'm not, you, may be, you, may broke, you may be praying out in, in a broken heart. We have some friends that um, I've known them for a long, long time. In fact, y'all know Aaron Reynolds that has been here a few times. Aaron preached for us one time on a Wednesday night. Uh, Aaron and his wife lost a child 17 years ago, and uh, very, very painful. I, I still remember that. Uh, uh, burying a child is one of the hardest things. And, and um, but 17 years ago, I still remember that. Well, his sister, Aaron's sister's daughter, they they had they there at the church I was at in Indiana, Bethel Baptist up in Indiana. I was on staff there. And uh, they're up there now, she and her husband. Her husband grew up in that church, so I knew him for years. Well, they just had their first child, and they knew before the baby was born that he was going to have to have heart surgery, open heart surgery. Little baby, just born. And he hung on for it was over a week, it might have been it might have been two weeks, but he just passed a couple of days ago. Just heartbreaking. Just heartbreaking. Now I, I can see a mother who just lost her child. Just or, or he's laying there in ICU and they're taking him in for open heart surgery. Those kind of things, where I can see at that point, you know, you would go into just grief. And now, so what I'm not what I'm talking about here with this. When I talk about this vain repetition, I'm talking about the rehearsed, practice prayers we've memorized, or something we're just doing. We're going through the motion. That's what that's talking about. God knows our heart and a prayer of anguish in that time. So understand that's a different thing. That I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that's not what we should do. This is this. It should be a structured prayer and an intelligent prayer. Um, we should use our intellect as we pray. So here's some uh, verses that show a simple, a simple pattern that we can follow when starting a prayer. I've given y'all, and this is a little bit different, but it's kind of like the the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S. Y'all have heard me share that before? You know, A is adoration, uh, C is confession, T is thanksgiving, and S is supplication. So if, if you just, you, you go, I don't know how to pray or I don't know what I should pray. If we started there, here's what we tend to do though. We tend to start praying. We skip right over adoration. We don't spend any time worshiping the Lord. We, 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 we very rarely spend any time in confession and we probably jump over Thanksgiving as well. And, and it's very, very little time spent there. We go right to supplications and we got our laundry list of to-dos for God. Amen? I mean, but our prayers should be, uh, that should be a little part of it. And the fact is, if we do the other the right way, we may not even come with supplications. We may just go, Lord, you know what I need. You know what I need. So, adoration, spending time in, but but here's some verses. So, the first one there is thanksgiving. Psalm 400, I'm 400, Psalm 100, verse 4. uh, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Scriptures tell us that. So enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. So we should, we should be thanksgiving. Uh, praise is the next one. Be is praise. That's, that's verse 4, B, and then verse 5. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations Thanksgiving, praise, intercession for others. 1 Samuel chapter twelve, verse twenty-two. For the Lord will not forsake His people for His for His great name's sake, because it is it has pleased the Lord to make you His people. Moreover, ask for you. Far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. Intercession it says here. Far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. But I will teach you the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. So there's there's a, there's a there's an admonition for us to intercede for others. Claire have made, has made a great point um, on this, she 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 and I've been talking about this probably the last two or three times I've been up there, and, and we were talking about prayer. And she said, "You know, I've been thinking a lot about prayer." And she said, "You know, what do we pray? You know, what do we pray? And, and do we pray?" She she asked a great question. She said, "We have Megan on our prayer list. How many people in our church truly pray for her every day?" Those that are on our prayer list that every Wednesday nights they're at the top of the list, and we have other, you know, how many how many things on those prayer lists do we really pray through? Do do we do we continue? Do we, you know, what does it mean to pray without ceasing? It doesn't mean start praying now and don't stop until you know. It doesn't mean don't stop like in the. I don't understand all this progressive, past progressive, future progress. I don't, I know, I, none of that stuff. If they start talking that, I zone out. I just glaze over. I never was good with all the grammar stuff. But here's what I do. what it's not meaning is I start praying and I do not stop actually physically praying. It's just a constant thing, blah, 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 like breathing. I don't stop breathing. I just don't, that's not what that's saying. Praying without ceasing is I start praying about something. I don't give up praying about it until God answers. There's a resolution there. So if we're going to pray for Megan and we're praying for Raymond, then we should be praying for Megan and Raymond every day, amen? That should be a regular part of what we do, and we don't stop till God's answered it, right? So, I mean, Claire had a great, she said, well, what do people pray? You know, is the prayer just, well, God heal them? Maybe. You know what I think prayer was, what, what, what Claire, I think, was getting at was, you know, I think she it was kind of like, You know, we need to be praying God's will be done. We need to be praying that God work in the person's life spiritually. When someone's sick, what do we tend to do? We pray it's all about the physical. Someone's having financial issues, what do we pray? We pray God answer the financial issue. Maybe sometimes God's using the financial issue to do a spiritual work. Maybe there's times that even through the physical ailment, He's doing a spiritual work. How often, if we're honest, I'm not going to ask you to raise hands, but how many of us would say, I pray that way? I pray that God does the spiritual. And I think if we're honest, we don't pray that way. We pray the temporal a lot. And so as Claire and I were talking, I thought, Claire, those are, those are great questions. Because we, we really, th- th- what's more important, the temporal or the spiritual? infinitely. I mean, it's a a hundred to zero. Now, is God concerned with my health? Sure he is. And he says, don't drink Coca-Cola and eat Twinkies. You know, that's not a good combination. And if you want to live a long and healthy life, quit eating that junk and get out and do some exercising. And as y'all can see, my post COVID, uh, (laughs) I've put on about 10 pounds since COVID. And, uh, my knee is hurting. I can't get out and run. I don't, it even hurts to get out and walk. So I'm finally going and getting it checked out and see what I'm going to have to do. But i got to do something. So I want to live longer. But you know what? When things happen, God's working. And the more important part is the spiritual work he's doing in our life. Claire, you know, I don't have anything. I'm, I'm talking a lot about her, and I hope she's not watching. She'll kill me. But she, she made some comments, and, and I would not, I, this is for her to ever talk about what God's done in her heart and her life. But it was amazing to, to hear her. She was laying in the hospital, super sick. And she's just telling me got things God's doing in her heart, things that He's just revealing to her. And she's going, you know what, this is going to be different. And this is going to change. And this, we're going to work on this right here. I mean, she's just, it was amazing. And, and a time where we're probably all just praying, God, just touch your body and bring healing. And God's touching her heart and bringing healing and bringing spiritual growth. And she's acknowledging that and she's just praising God for that. And, you know, all of us, if you're a mature Christian, you've had situations in your life where you look back on it and it's the tough times where we grow. It's the tough stuff in life where God does it. We get on the mountaintop and everything's wonderful. You know what we tend to do? Ah, Lord, it's all right. I got this. Yeah, it's all good, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what we do, man. I'm vibing good. Vibe's good right now. You know, vibing good. So we're not reading the Word. We're not praying as much. We get, we get very self-reliant because things are going great. But you let things start happening. Some bad stuff happens. What do we do? Boom, we're right back to God. We're right there because I can't fix it. You know, what, what's about to happen in America is a whole lot of stuff we can't fix. I've been saying it for about 12 years now. Persecution's coming, folks. And you've got to have your head in a hole or under a rock if you don't see it. It's coming. Persecution, real persecution is coming. And I read Scripture and the end times things, the things when you read what the Lord said about the signs, I mean, it's all there. We are walking, I I think we're walking in the end times. And you better be ready. And if if you're going to be ready, it's going to start with prayer. It's going to take a lot of prayer. And not, Lord, just uh, can you you help me make that car payment, Lord? he's, He's much more concerned. They can have my car, I don't even care. They can have every penny in the bank, I don't care. Lord, boom, if I could push the easy button and bring him back, he'd come back and take us home right now, I'd push it. Boom. What's it? You know what I'm talking about, right? The easy button. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Staples. Staples or whatever. It's easy. So the easy button. You know, if I could push that and the Lord come back, I'd go. I'm ready. But we're 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 gonna go through it. I think we're gonna go through it. Uh, and the things that we see in places like Afghanistan, I don't think that's we're not immune to that. We we've been immune to it. But uh, folks Prayer life is important. Our prayer life is very, very important. So we need to intercede. We need to intercede for each other. We need to intercede for those in our church, uh, for our nation. It's where we are right now. Um, we should still be praying for our president that maybe his noodle will solidify and, and there'll be some cognitive uh, firings go on there. Um, this is probably going to get kicked off of YouTube and Facebook. D, prayer for your own needs. Now, Philippians 4, 6, really, it, it does deal with that, but it deals with some other things, too. And it really kind of captures that ACTS acronym. So be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Be be nervous for nothing, be upset for nothing, be careful. King James says be careful for nothing. That word careful is different than what we use it today. We say careful like walking on landmines. You've got to be very careful. But it's not talking about it. It's talking about being full of care. You're careful. You're just full of stuff. You're 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 just much worried about everything. And the scriptures say be anxious for nothing. It doesn't say, hey, you don't have to be anxious. No, this is a command. Be anxious for nothing. Don't be nervous about anything. Don't be fearful about anything. It says, but in everything, in everything by prayer, that's worship, that's adoration, that's adoration. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will rule in your hearts and minds uh, through, through uh, uh How's that go? It'll ruin your hearts and mind by our Lord Jesus, I, I think. I, somebody tell me how that ends. Anybody can help me? Through the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. It ends like, okay, that is it, right? All right. So, um, so it's, it's, it's that us praying, that prayer, that worship time, supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And the idea is as we worship, and as we give thanks for what he's doing in our life, and as, and, and as we intercede for others, but we make these requests known to God, what that is is we give it to the Lord. And if we truly give it to the Lord, then we're not walking around with it worried about everything. I was talking with Raymond today as I, I left here. His and was perfect, so I'm leaving Oviedo just got in the car having lunch in Oviedo going to see Claire. So I had about 30 minutes. So we had a great conversation and we were talking about fear. How many people are fearful? You know, the the COVID stuff has people just so walking in fear right now. Now, is COVID serious? Absolutely. It's serious. Is it real? It's real, but I ain't scared of it. I'm not going to go out and and, and, and try, and, and I'm not going to tempt the Lord. You know, I'm not going to go jump off a building and go, the Lord can save me. Yeah, but you're an idiot, so you splat. I'm not going to go out and try to get COVID and tempt the Lord just to prove that he can save me. Um, he, he's brought me through it. And, and But I'm not going to walk around in fear of this. But here's why I think the lost world that we see around us is so fearful. Because this is all they have. If, you're, if you don't believe there's a heaven or a hell if you don't believe there's a God but you could also believe there is and you know if you die you're going to hell and, and there, are, there are a lot of people out there that know that they, understand, they don't acknowledge it, they don't receive it but they know that they're lost and, and, and I've seen them where Glenn doesn't have a mask on he's risking my life and so the fear is, I mean, the fear is for them, it's legit. That's all they have. All they have is their life. I'm telling you, all I have is eternity. I mean, it's the difference between a Christian perspective and a Christian worldview and someone's not a Christian, right? You understand where I'm coming from? So if you think this is all there is, this COVID thing's got you torqued because it could kill me, and you're not, you didn't get vaccinated yet, and you're going to kill me, you know, whatever, I don't not taking sides on the vaccine thing, okay? But the whole thing is you're risking my life and it's all I have. People don't get that concerned about, they don't worry about abortion and killing unborn children. They don't get worried about that. They don't get worried about drunk drivers. Well, it's not me. They don't get worried about the cancer. It's probably not gonna be me. But this COVID, they think, man, it's gonna get everybody. It's gonna get, and so there's that fear. We as believers shouldn't walk in fear. And we give that to the Lord. And how do you do that? You get on your knees and you pray. You worship God. You spend time worshiping Him. You spend time thanking Him for what He's done. You spend time interceding for others. You spend time uh, then taking your request. Confession. You confess. You go to Him in confession. Boy, that's a humbling thing. We've done that in our men's prayer band. We've gone around the room and we've just spent time where we, we open with adoration. And then we move into a time of confession. And that's a, that's a humbling time as we get before the Lord and we confess our sin. But we ought to do that. We should keep a short account. Confession, thanksgiving, our supplications, we bring those to Him. And if we do that, if we spend that time, then we don't have to walk in fear because now I've given it all to the Lord. And if I truly trust God, here's again where the trust comes in. If I'm walking around in fear, I'm, am I trusting God? Am I trusting God? No. Look, if there's a rope tied around my waist, tied to the ceiling, and I'm on a tightrope here, the fact is I know uh, if I fall off, it's going to catch me. Okay? If I know that, I don't have to be in fear. I might still be a little nervous about it or something, but, but I don't have to fear that I'm going to die because I've, it's, it's there. And for us as a believer, so what? So what if I die? Rob said God's going to heal me. Preacher, God's going to heal me. He's going to heal me here or he's going to heal me there. Rob wasn't scared of death. He wasn't scared of it. We don't need to walk in fear. But the answer to that is prayer. Amen? Amen. Who keeps moving the clock forward? Okay, the model prayer, I talked about that. The model prayer is, is a prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ and is found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Uh, and, and it says, and this is, this is here, it says, In this manner, therefore, pray. This is the Lord. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So that's a model prayer. And we went through the, the Lord's Prayer back, I don't know, six months ago, a year ago. It must have been as well, longer than that. We've been doing this since January. Maybe the latter part of last year. And we went through the Lord's Prayer. And we went through step by step of that. And what do those things mean? And so it gives us, excuse me, it gives us a model of how we should pray. And that's what the Lord is saying in this manner. He didn't say, pray this. Here's your magic words. He said, pray like this. This is the manner, this manner, in this way pray. So it should be noted that this is a model prayer, not one that should be repeated over and over in the sense of a vain repetition. Matthew 6, 7 says... And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they will be heard for the many words. That's not the purpose of our prayer. It, 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 so we want to we follow that. So it's, prayer is important, folks. As we, we talked about earlier in this, you know, prayer really opens. We're speaking to God. God can do anything. So when we pray... I mean, anything can be done through prayer because anything God can do can be achieved through prayer as we speak to Him and if He moves in that. Um, Five minutes. Let's see where we can go. Problems, number four. Problems that can hinder prayer. The Bible teaches us that there's there are some things that can hinder our prayer and make it ineffective. It's not that our prayer is directly affected so much as it is that our fellowship with the Lord is affected by these things. So our fellowship. So, a, unconfessed sin. When you have unconfessed sin in your life, it's going to affect your prayer life. Just know that. Uh, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Not that He cannot hear, nor that He does not hear. The Bible says that He will not hear. It's it's a, it's the, the Lord says I'm not listening. I think that's in our modern terms, if I'm going to do the modern, the CW version, God's going, la, 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 I am not listening to you, la, 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 when you get your heart right, I'll hear you, but, but it's, it's, it's us talking, you know, you ever tell your kids, tell it to the hand, because I ain't listening. Get your heart right, turn your attitude around, and then I'll hear what you got to say. Now, I hear him, I hear what they're saying, I hear what's going on, but I'm not listening. I'm not giving you attention, Okay. So when there's unconfessed sin in our life, it affects our prayer. Unforgiving spirit. So if, if, uh, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you uh, do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So being unforgiving, um, be careful. You want to you you get through to God in prayer, but you're unforgiving. Listen, there's a problem with some of our prayer lives because we've still got unforgiveness from something 20 years ago. And it's hindering our prayer life today. Amen? Okay. C, unresolved strife, especially with your spouse, men. Gina, I'll confess later. I'm sorry. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. It's important that you, we keep our relationships right. So unresolved strife in our relationships and our marriages can af- affect our prayers. D, not asking or asking for selfish or wrong motives. We've looked at this already. James chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. Uh, you lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures. Uh, so we, we we're asking the wrong things with the wrong motives. And then E, and I, I'm gonna, I know we've only got like three minutes, but I want to look at this one for a minute before we leave here. E, failure to respond to God's word. Proverbs 28, 9 says, one, now, now y'all listen. One who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. I'm going to read that again. One who turns away His ear from hearing the law. Even his prayer is is an abomination. So y'all tell me what that means. Tell me what that means. Turning away his ear from hearing the law. What does that mean? Not following God's word. Not praying for what you want. Okay. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So, not not following, not obeying God's word, but then praying and asking for God to give you what you want. Okay. Somebody else. The lost praying. So, someone who's okay. So, somebody who's returned rejected. Then the law. Okay. All right. So the lost. I think that would that that could be an application there. So knowing to do good and not doing it. So. Okay, so it's the, it's the, that's sin, right? Knowing to do, he who knows to do good and doesn't do it, it's to him it is sin. So it's turning from the law. What, what's another thought? Those, these are, I don't think there's a, y'all, no, nothing y'all have said is wrong yet, I don't think. I just want to, I want us to flesh that out. So what does that mean to turn your way? Who Who is some potential, not who, but I mean some scenarios like within the church that that, that looks like? What does that look like? Does that look like somebody who just says, you know what, I, you know, I can worship the Lord on the boat on Sunday? Maybe. you turn, it, you turn in your ear from the law because you're going, yeah, you know what, Sunday's not important. I, I got other things to do. Wednesday night's not important. It's just Wednesday night service. Folks, I'm glad you're here. I'm preaching to the choir. But we are opening the Word of God. We're learning from the Word of God. This is an opportunity to learn and to grow in, in our understanding of the Word. And I, I mean, I'm not the Pope. Praise God. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not some not. Spe- I'm just a man who's trying to teach the Word of God, what He's called me to do. Some of you in here know, know Linda Hancock probably knows the Bible better than I do. God's called me and put me in this place. My desire is to teach your word, but our desire, people go, well, preacher, that's because you're the preacher and, you know, you want everybody at church. You're dang right I do. You know what I did before I was a preacher? I was in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, because I want to be in church. I want to be under the word of God. There's a problem when we go, ah, you know what? I can watch it at home. You know what happens is people watch at home for a week and they go, eh, it's not the same. They don't watch at home. But they didn't come back either. There's a real danger, folks, in that. There's a, there's a lot of applications to this turning our ear from the Word of God. Maybe it is a stubborn heart. I don't like what that says. So I'm not going to obey that part. I, there, there's a whole group out there right now that think they can be a Christian and it's okay to be a homosexual and be a, and be a pastor. Okay, Yeah, okay, that's okay, except that's not what the Bible says. So I'm going to turn my ear from the Word of God. And it says even their prayer is an abomination. So there's a danger, folks, when we turn our ear from hearing. Now, when we, that, that, the, the idea of turning our ear is from hearing the Word. That may be from me reading it in my own quiet time. But it's, it's me, basically. It's a rejection of the Word of God. You know, we've had folks in our church that just decided they're not coming to church anymore. And it breaks my heart. And I've talked to them. They'll tell you they're a believer. I have a problem with that. I have a problem with someone who says I'm a believer. I'm a born again believer, and they've rejected the thing that God has given us—the church. Can listen? I've probably offended some of y'all in here. I hope you don't stop coming to church because of me. I'm a faulty man. I know I've offended Randy, but Randy's a good guy. Randy doesn't carry a grudge, and I'm glad because he could hurt me real bad. And and we're anybody who's perfect in here. I'm not. I'm just telling you, I'm not. And if you stay here long enough, I'm probably gonna do something you ain't gonna like. So just stick around. But don't let somebody in church, or because there are people in church, don't let that hinder you from being here because God gave this. Don't reject that. And I have a problem with people who say, no, I, really, I love Jesus, but I'm not coming back to church. I really question your salvation. I really question if you know the Lord, if you can just throw that off. So that's a deep verse right there. It sounds, you read it and you go, that's not much to it. That's, that's simple. That's a deep verse. And it's a great warning to us not to turn our ear away from the Word of God. Amen? All right. Everybody good? Fred, I tick you off tonight? <laughs> okay. All right. Not yet. Wait, stick around a minute, Fred. I... All right. Well, let's um, let's have a word of prayer, and I uh, hope you have a great rest of the week. Keep praying for um, for our church. Just that, that we're done with COVID. Just pray it stays out. Everybody, you know, this distancing, I think is the best thing we can do. If we are smart with the social distancing, um, and, and not getting in each other's faces, uh, and, and I really encourage you, you know, to just don't get up close to folks. Give a, give a hug from six feet. And because the problem is if somebody's got something, they don't know it, and you're, you're in everybody's face, then you've, Potentially give it to four, five, six, eight, ten people, and you didn't even know it. Nobody here wants to do that. So just be careful, be smart. Let's give some distance and, and let's pray God's hand of protection on our fellowship. Amen. I'm tired of going to the hospital, I'm tired of going and watching our people suffer. Father, we love you and we are so grateful for you and all that you've done for us, Lord. You are so good to us. The God of this universe, as we look around, we open our eyes and look around. Everything that we can imagine even, Lord, is your creation. There's nothing that is outside of the scope of you as our creator God. And yet the creator God who created all of this, you care about us. And the scriptures say not only you care about us, but you, you know everything about us. You know that the, the hairs on our heads are numbered. If we have hair on our heads... Lord, you, you, you know the number of eyelashes. You know, you know everything that's going on, the, the problems inside us that reveal themselves sometimes and the doctors find out. You already knew. You love us. You care about each one of us. Lord, that is so humbling for us, but it ought to be so inspiring for us. We ought to just glory in that thought that you, the God of the universe, Love us so much that you died for us. Thank you, Lord. Help us to grow. Help us to to, to just, Lord, get passionately, deeply in love with you all over again. And give us a burden to reach those that don't yet know you. Father, we'll praise you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope you have a great, great, great rest of the week.